Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You currently locked in to the coldest podcast in the land. It's your boy, B. Jones, a.k.a. Bolo, and you know when I'm pulling up to the porch. I can't pull up without my dog. What's going on, y'all? Shemaine, man, Big Smitty, a.k.a. D-Nice. And you heard what Bolo just said. This is the porch. Started Welcome. The porch. What's going on, man? Middle of the week, man. We back at it again. Shout out to our loyal to porch it. followers and fans. Bolo Bands, how you doing, brother? Yes, sir. Bless. Holly favorite. Ten toes down, bro. You know how we come in when we come on the porch, bro. Can't come on here without thanking the man above. Amen Bless, to that. Brother. Amen to that. How you doing? I'm doing. I'm doing good, hey, brother. Hey, doing coming good. Coming off a busy weekend too. Vegas, man. Vegas. I just got my voice back. I'm. I'm probably mm. about ninety seven percent. You. You would have shot this show yesterday. It would have been. It would looked a little ugly. A uh, lot of drinking. A lot of good eating. And man, a historical moment being at that fight, brother. It was beautiful. Um, let's just say a lot of people out there listening, including my my brother right here, expectations, uh, you know, fell a little short. Um, yeah. <laughs> but nonetheless, though, I do I do think it was it was a great fight. I wish we can pull a clip because I was going with my boy Bud the entire time. I was like, man, I don't know. I was like, man, I think I think you know Crawford gonna get him. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But you I didn't did know say it was that. go down like that though. You did say that, man, and I, I'll admit, man, I feel like my heart was was with Spence again. You know, I had a chance to like meet him, and he was on our show. Just a real good mm-hmm. dude, good energy. But you know, subconsciously in the back of my mind, man, I was thinking Crawford. But you know, I ended up betting with my heart, put some money out there, and ended up taking the L. But hey, it is what it is, man. Small money don't make no money, and you gotta take chances sometimes. Right. And being in that arena, like I, you, you're right. I expected to be much more competitive. But Terrence Crawford was in his bag. That was some of the best boxing I've ever seen, like ever. Like he was, his facial expression was locked in from start to finish. Um, he just had this certain cerebral look mm-hmm. as soon as he walked in and all throughout the fight to where you could tell his mindset was, I just no way I'm leaving here with an L. And he That's put a on fact. a perform every shot he threw below <laughs> was powerful, efficient. The timing was just exquisite, accurate. Yeah, man, it was yeah, crazy, bro. bro. It was he crazy. Was locked in. He, he was in a whole different mental process, like pre-fight. Like, you know, obviously I, I got to watch it from the crib and I was watching some of the undercards and, you know, they show, you know, them warming up and stuff and, you know, kind of getting locked in. And he was just sitting there just kind of all in the days, mm-hmm. like just kind of envisioning himself, you know, doing what he did. So I'm happy for him, man. I think boxing is a tough sport. And to be able to get out there with somebody like Earl Spence, because I mean, obviously Earl Spence was had an off night, but I think a lot goes into boxing besides just getting in the ring and throwing punches, though. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You couldn't wait. You know what I'm saying? You know, mentally, physically, like you're going through a lot of stuff. So you you able you were able to go out there and, you know, put on a good show. You know, it takes a lot. So hats off to him because I know he's going to come back. And you mentioned something. I think you might have tweeted about it. And I think it's important. And I want to talk about it just a little bit. Um can you still be great even though you lost? Because I think now in our world, especially our generation now, you almost have to be perfect to be perfect, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, as opposed to back then, like Muhammad Ali, like he lost a few times, you know, and, yeah. and he's considered one of the greats. George Foreman. I mean, all George the greats. Foreman, you know, and, and even talk going on, going to different sports and stuff. You got a lot of, you know, Hall of Fame people, even Michael Jordan. You know, people don't never talk about 
you know, obviously he won six rings, but, you know, he got put out in the first round of playoffs and stuff like that. So, you know, we give a lot of the old heads a little leniency, but nowadays, though, it's, it's like you almost got to be perfect to be goaded. What you think about that? Nah, man, and I'm glad you brought that up, man. I just feel like it was a lot of people, you know, supposedly fans of Errol Spence, giving him all this, you know, love, and he going to do this, do that. He goes out there. He did not put his best foot forward. I admit that. He lost. And now it's like everybody coming at his neck, you know, uh, joking. And I get it, social media, that comes with the territory. That's just the, the the era we live in. But it's people that's like, how you going to be supporting him before the fight? He loses to the number one fighter yeah, pound shit. for pound. And now and now Arrow should retire. He's shitty. He just he's that. Like, hold on, it's still one of the best fighters in the world. He has one loss. He had every single belt in the weight class beside one. He fought the better fighter. Who was Terrence Crawford? He won. That's off to him. Aerosmith didn't back out. He got knocked down three times, kept getting up. He was tough. He didn't give up. Like to me, that like, he still showed a championship level of effort and heart. Sometimes as an athlete, it's not always your night. It's times as a football player, when I went out there for games or practices, even, and it's just like some just didn't feel right in my legs. You know, whether I was a little dehydrated, I didn't eat right. I don't, I can't even tell you why. It is sometimes you go out there and you feel like you in that zone and mm -hmm. everything just is right. Your, your, the blood is flowing properly. And then someday when it's like, man, this some is a little off. And I can't tell you why. I can't explain it. But my body is not moving the, the way that it usually moves. And, you know, uh, and, and I think, listen, we didn't see the best performance, but that does not take away from everything that Errol Spence did to even put himself in position to make this a mega fight, to fight uh, Terrence Crawford. You know what I'm saying? He's not fighting anybody. There's a reason why this fight was, was right. looked at the way it is. So just put some respect on Errol Spence's name. Give Terrence Crawford all the credit in the world, but you can give him credit and not, you know, put salt in the, you know, uh, on, on Errol Spence. You know what I'm saying? No, yeah, absolutely. Now, obviously, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a boxer. I'm a boxer fan. So I'm watching from, like, you know, specifically from, like, a fan perspective of, like, in the ring, like, they're fighting now. Not even... You know, I watch a couple all access, so I kind of see just kind of from a quick glimpse of how they prepare. But obviously, you know, from from what a lot of people said is, you know, he lost a lot of weight to actually, you know, fight this type of fight. You know, when thinking about boxing or even think about, you know, fights in general, does that play a big part, though, in somebody's success, though, to be able to lose weight, you know, significantly and throw a punch? Does that like play a factor in you throwing punches and, and you know, obviously receiving punches? Yeah, man. Like I said, I was talking to, to my guy, Steve Kim, who, you know, uh, he's an analyst. He's been he, he has his own boxing podcast with Mario Lopez. He's been, you know, studying the game for like years and years and years. And cutting weight for some of these fires is some of the hardest like yeah. things to do. Right. Especially when you're naturally at a heavier weight, like an Errol Spence. We know even prior to this fight, like just for a last few fights, it's been known how tough it is for Errol Spence to, to to make it, you know, in that 145, whatever, 147 type of range. And and when you're, you know, having to, you know, dehydrate yourself and eat one time a day and add cardio and, and you know, like when it's, you know how, I mean, you know how it is a football player sometimes too, like just trying to lose weight in general. It's just tough. Yeah. It, especially when it's like, I, I, I must be in a certain window to, to qualify for this fight. That could be extremely hard, man. And if it's not your natural weight, you know, you, you, it's, it, yeah, you can go to that ring and feel a little, legs can feel a little weak. You can feel a little, mm -hmm. a little tired. Your, 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 your leg, your arms not triggering the same way. 
You know what I'm saying? I can imagine myself. Somebody told me, hey, Darnell, you got to get down to, you know, a two, 235, you know, by, I don't know, mid-September or, or early October. I, I, I'm i sure I could do it, but I'm sure, like, you know, especially early on, I'm, I'm going to feel a little like, damn, I'm not used to being at this way. I'm not used right. to eating like this. So it definitely pl- plays a role. It's not it's not an excuse. I, I'm, I'm a firm believer that even at 154, based upon what I've seen, I think Terrence Crawford still wins the fight. But I do think it will be a little bit more competitive because it's like now he's at more of a natural way. It won't be that hard to cut because he won't, he won't really have to cut. He kind of just fighting at his normal, like, you know, day-to-day rate. Um, so, yeah, I, and to answer your question, it does play a role, but it's still not an excuse of why he lost the fight. No, I, I agree because, I mean, I just think he's so talented, man, Terrence Crawford, as far as him being able to be uh, be able to just, you know, shoot shoot the fade, you know, and crawl in Southpaw, you know, yeah. you know, for him to be straight up, like he can kind of go both ways. Um, and I, I guess they, they said that Earl ain't never really seen a left a left hander, um, you know, that much before too. So when I was, you know, obviously listening to the commentators, so I mean, I think overall though, two great athletes. You know, I'm thinking about Floyd Mayweather. I'm like, I wonder if Floyd if Floyd would have lost one one of the, his matches, would Floyd still be Floyd? You know, and honestly, I I don't know, I don't know. I mean, Floyd Floyd goaded. I mean, he is who he is because he hangs his hat on being undefeated. Um, right. so I mean, I, 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 I mean, I think Earl Spence will back, you know, bounce back and, and do his thing. But I think once you do lose that, and maybe I'm just a part of this new generation that that's real hard on athletes now. Uh, but it's hard to put you in that status and compare you to somebody else who is undefeated. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's just tough. And I saw something where they kind of blame Floyd for this, and I and I kind of do as well. And when I say blame, it's not like he literally meant to do this, but we kind of grew up watching Floyd as like the, the face of boxing bo- yep. and him He's being undefeated, the money man, like just seeing, you know, the way he was looked at. We just kind of connected being undefeated to being great. Great. Yeah. Now when 100%. you lose, it's like, oh, you're not great. He's average. He's mid. And it's like, nah, man, like you got to think about the history of boxing. Like most greats have lost, you know what 100%. I'm saying? And there's some greats that's like, they're like 72 and three. Where they were mm-hmm. fighting just way more active, fight way more often. Once so, a month, that, shit. Yeah, if you fight more active, more often, yeah, you're, you're you're bound to possibly lose more. Versus now, a lot of fighters, you know, they're fighting once, once twice, twice a year, a year. at most. You know, what mm-hmm. I mean, they're picking their fighters. They're not just going out there fighting the best all the time. So, like, that's what it is. My thing is this, and I put this out on my on my Twitter, is that as fans, we can't ask these fighters to to fight the best. Like we want to see the best fight the best. That's what we yeah. want, right? The, so the one time it finally happens, Errol Spence, Terrence Crawford, they fight the best versus the best. One guy loses and now we're coming at his neck saying he's bad, he's this, he's that. Well, all you're doing is telling other fighters when they get the opportunity to fight the best, they're going to be hesitant. They're going to be like, uh, I don't know because now if I if I do lose, I'm going to be looked at as somebody who's not as great, not as good. It yep. could potentially hurt my money. You know what I mean? Now when I'm trying to promote the next fight, people are not paying for it because they're like, ah, he ain't, he ain't as good as I thought he was. So now it's it's like it, you're kind of being counterintuitive as, as, a, as a fight fan. We want to see the best fight the best. And if somebody loses, cool. Talk, talk a little trash. I get it. Like that's part, that's part of the territory. But once you, you know, take a step back and really evaluate the whole thing, man, these are two warriors in the ring. 
no, most of us ain't even got the courage to step foot into a boxing ring. And if we got right. knocked down mm-hmm. one time, we probably wouldn't even get back up. We saw, we saw, we saw this man get up three times. And mm-hmm. trust me, y'all was watching on TV. I was in the arena. The man was getting hit hard, like every single hit. The j- even the jab was powerful. We was it was oohs and eyes all throughout the ring. Every time he got hit, you heard it, you felt it almost. And the man kept getting up, face bruised up, swollen. So to me, man. You're not gonna always win your fight, even in the streets. Like people that ain't gonna always win a fight. But I respect a man who's gonna step toe to toe, uh, uh, have that courage, not back down. Yeah. And yeah, it's gonna be a winner and a loser. And this time Spence lost, but he's still a great. Still a great. I'm, I mean, I'm excited to see what he's gonna do. Obviously, like you mentioned, uh, before we talk, uh, I think what he said he has about a month. I believe to, about a uh, month to like to like to kind of use that rematch clause, you know what I'm saying, and decide yeah. if, if they're gonna do it or not. So we shall see. You know, I saw Stephen A. said he should retire, not not literally just just because of the fight, but the culmination of just all the punishment he took from the, the bad car accident. accident to yeah. uh, he had a, like a, a, a eye issue, he had to get surgery last year, and now you add this. And I hear you, Stephen A. I get it, but like, man, we we wasn't talking about surgery before this fight. I mean, we were right. talking about retirement before this fight. So I can't just let this fight, which he did lose bad, but like. He ain't getting knocked out. He ain't like I've seen worse situations where guys were finished. Yeah. damn near like look like they was dead in the ring. This mm-hmm. guy still walked out, had a, a post-fight press conference, was talking clear, like he was good. You know what I mean? So like Facts. Let, let him recover and rest and bounce back and and, and we'll see what happens. But boxing's in a good place, Bolo. That's all I know. It is, it is. There's a lot of upcoming fighters, man. It's, it's getting me excited about. You know, um, where the state of boxing is right now, a lot of different weight classes, too, which I think is exciting. Sometimes it used to be like overly lopsided in, in a specific weight class. So now to just see, you know, your heavy weights that we're anticipating and, you know, all the way down to welterweight and, and things like that is it's pretty cool to see, bro. So I'm excited to see the next fight, even if they're going to get my 85 to 90 bucks a fight. Yes, it's uh, It'll be well worth it. So. Yes, sir, man. And next time when I bet some money, I might have to bet on Crawford if it is a rematch. And you know, when I do bet, I'm going to use bet online because it's the mm. number one betting platform to use for all your sports betting needs. I'm talking about props. I'm talking about uh, 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 any 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 type of bet. You could think futures bet, current bet. We got the Women's World Cup going on. Any type of sports betting or gambling you, you, you want to do. Bet online is the place to be. Use promo code Believe. That's B L E A V. Believe to get your fifty percent plus welcome bonus. But Bolo, man, let's transition here, my God. And we got a lot to talk about. I wanted to jump into the porch news. Uh, I'm always excited. It's probably my favorite segment that we do on this show because I never really know what you're gonna bring in the news, and I know it's been a lot going on over the last week, especially on my timeline and on my feed. So. But without further ado, man, tell us, what do we have today in the porch news? All right, y'all. So last couple of weeks, man, the world has been on fire. So I want y'all to get into this. So uh, parents, y'all may be uh, pretty mad. So check this out. Atlanta mother outraged after sugar factory staff allegedly served alcohol to a child at her daughter's birthday dinner. What? What? Now. Porsche family, I got to ask you, obviously I had to let y'all sit and really think about that. You out to eat, you going out to dinner, everything's fine and dandy. Your child asks for a drink and the fucking waitress accidentally gives your child an alcoholic beverage. What are we doing in this moment? 
This is tough, Bolo. Naturally, as a parent, I'm trying to go into parent mode. I'm obviously pissed off because now you know, I, I'm thinking about the safety and the health of my child. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, I'm probably in that moment, I'm going to want, want that person to get some sort of discipline, fired, something in that moment. Number three, and this is more on my softer side, though, you know, we, a week from the moment, moving forward down the road, looking back, if it was truly an accident, which I'm sure mm-hmm. it is, and based upon what we're reading, it is an accident, I would feel a little, like, ah, like hesitant, a little questionable, like, damn, like, did she deserve to get fired off, off one mistake? Major mistake. Major but off one mistake. Cause I know Sugar Factory, I've been there one time in Chicago. I know they got all those unique drinks. Yeah. And, and some Smoke. of them are non-alcoholic. Some of them are alcoholic. So I could see how you could just, you serve with a family. It's a party. It's probably like 20 plus people there. And you could accidentally mistakenly give a alcoholic drink instead of a non-alcoholic drink. And I can, I can see that happening. If you, anybody been to Sugar Factory, they got cotton candy. It's all mm-hmm. types of creative drinks going on. So in that scenario, I can see an accident happening. But when it's a child, it's like, listen, I know you didn't mean to do it, but some accidents and some mistakes you can't bounce back from. So I think the person would have to be let go, unfortunately. And I would be pissed as a parent because of the health and safety of my child. But below, you're, you're an actual parent. So yeah, put it in, in your situation and like break it down how you would feel and what you would do. Yeah, it's insane because um, you know, I got a four-year-old and a two-year-old now. And right. I mean, they love drinking juices like they like they dad. Like I love drinking just fruity juices and stuff like that. So of course we're gonna get them, you know, that's what you go to Sugar Factory for to get the experience of like the all, you know, all the different drinks and candies and the smoke that come out of it. So right. I can definitely see it being a mistake. Um, am I turning that bitch up? Absolutely. Um, I'm going crazy. But um, I think it's just a situation where I think everybody will have to learn from it. Um, yeah. You know, like you really got to take your time and be detailed in situations like that. But then also, too, you know, not putting not putting the onus on the parent. But like with me and my and my wife, when we go out to eat, you know, I'm always diluting their drinks in some capacity. And I'm always, I call it 10 percent tax. So anything they get, I'm 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 tasting it first. I'm drinking it first, or I'm taking a bite of it first. That's just naturally what I do. Like even when the lemonade comes to the table, it may seem too strong, so I'll dilute it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I'm always tasting it first, y'all. So, um, you know, that's just how I am as a parent. Everybody else ain't like that, you know. And it could have been a, a child that was older. I didn't, I didn't. We didn't really get details on how old the kid was to where they probably felt like they didn't have to do that. But in my specific scenario, I'm 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 trying to I'm trying to drink out. I want to taste it first and then I can move move how I need to based upon that. But but if my child was like 12 years old and they drank it, um, you know, obviously they didn't, you know, obviously alcohol essentially is poison, you know, as they say, but it's really not poison. Like you're going to be all right. You might have a little headache or something um stomach ache or, or whatever but you know i think it's just a big learning learning point for the actual establishment and i'm gonna have it to where i'm coming in that bitch and eating free every time i'm hungry right that's really you the biggest thing and that's some real gems man some real parenting one-on-one man like thanks take a sip take a bite and you call it what the 10 percent tax 10 percent tax bro anytime some gummy worms potato chips some candy some juice i get my 10 percent tax you know what i mean capri sign whatever it is y'all 
Daddy gonna open it up, boom, get my get my little drink on, make sure everything, everything, and there you go. Hey, I love keep that, man. Bro. You should keep that even when they like grown and like it just kind of be like your little funny thing you keep between you and the yeah. kids. So even even when they like 24 years old and they come in with some some fucking Popeyes or something that look good, you like, hey, 10% tax. It's like a whole Facts. chicken, chicken wing. Tax. Look, every time Kayla be like, I'm like, look, I'm getting these fucking chips and get my 10% tax. You know what I mean? It's bad though, because I be on a diet too and I be trying to eat healthy. I'm like, man, they got these little little Debbie cakes and shit. Let me get my 10% tax real quick. <laughs> I'm gonna start bite, using bro. that for just life. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna start going to work just seeing people. Eat. Me at ten percent tax, bro. Me at ten percent. Get your ten percent, bro. Then hey. on some bully shit. On some on some left Uncle hand Sam, running. Uncle shit. Sam gonna get his just do shit. I didn't. Hey, you, you paid hey, your dues. Spending my money, hey. So you gonna you gonna it's gonna be tax on everything. I love that man. You know, no hey, that's a real gym. The parents out there who listening in right now. On the porch, hey, ten percent tax. Add that to, to your your repertoire to parents. So yeah, yeah, man. Hopefully they learn from that, man. I I I would like to assume that the kid probably is like 11, 12, 13, in that range because you know sugar factory is like it, it's it's more of like a teenager to a young adult vibe in my opinion. I don't think you would want to mm-hmm. take a five year old to sugar factory. I don't I don't know. I could be wrong. I yeah. don't see it. You know. I so agree. I'm sure they're okay. I ain't never been so. I, oh, you ain't never been to, before. Okay. I ain't never been, bro. I gotta I gotta get there. I, I'm and I like I like candy and stuff like that too. Food so. ain't all that though. I mean that's what I hear. It, I hear that. Go there just for the experience of just seeing the drinks and then right. cut out. I wouldn't even eat there at all. I just go there get a drink and leave down there. So pregame right. or something, get out. So facts. Uh but okay, man. I like that, man. What we got next in the Porsche news, though, Bolo? Cool. Porsche family, man. Um, get into this. This this one is pretty, pretty cool. I uh I think you guys will like this. So Thinking about the bunny wrench, right? Playboy bunny. Um, I had it pulled up. Let me pull it up real quick because I want to give y'all some games. So, oh, the, oh, you, you, the, the bunny wrench, bunny wrench. The, the bunny wrench, bunny wrench. Playboy bunny. All mm. right, to be a playboy bunny. Remember back in the day, y'all, how it used to go down, the playboy mansion and everything like that. You had the bunnies going around and everything. Well, in the bunny ranch, in the playboy mansion, there were specific rules that you had to stick to while being in the mansion. So- um, I'm gonna pull this up real quick because I want to show y'all. This is actually pretty funny because I'm looking. I'm thinking about some of y'all women now. Y'all probably want to last a day inside the bunny ranch. So <laughs> it says weird Playboy bunny rules they had to follow while actually living in the mansion. So the first one was never date clients or coworkers. Bunnies must maintain a clear separation between their romantic work. Li- I mean their romantic side and also their work lives. So none of that. You know what I mean. Have my cake, eat it too. You know what I'm saying? Everything had to be business. All right, the right. next one was always project the bunny image. So what that means is pristine mm. costumes with matching shoes and accessories are always essential. Bunnies must be impeccably groomed in costume while on duty. So no matter what, that bunny hat is always going to be on that head, y'all. All right, look, and the, the women might, might catch one on this one. Don't go crazy with their hair trends. Bunnies are advised to avoid extreme or tastelessly elaborate hair arrangements so anything that you're thinking about with the hair if it ain't in their expectations y'all you ain't gonna be staying in a bunny ranch all right now there's more all right check me out y'all make time for mother's mother bunnies inspection so what that means is Bunnies must allow enough time for appearance inspections before starting their shift. So they have somebody who they call Mother Bunny who actually checks them out before they actually start their workday inside the bunny ranch. The bunny mother must approve their hair, nails, shoes, makeup, and costume before they start work. 
The next one, check me out. Always have clean hands and a fresh manicure. That's pretty cool. I think women really take care of their hands. You know what I'm saying? Their feet, everything like that. Like, that's pretty cool. All right. The next one is never let a customer see you eat. Okay. Mm. Bunnies are not allowed to chew gum or eat while on duty. Next one is don't overdo makeup for photo shoots. It's a wrap for y'all. Y'all, y'all done. Hey, all that was the, the one right there, Bolo. That was the one. All the face beat, all that extra stuff, all the lashes. You know what I'm saying? It's a wrap, y'all. Y'all can't do it. it. Says bunnies should use natural looking daytime makeup for more than flat flattering photographs. Avoid exaggerated eye makeup, which may not look appealing under the photographic lighting. Damn. And then obviously never stand holding a cigarette, a blunt, a cigar. You got to sit down when you when you when you smoking, ladies. I mean, that's just that's just how you be a lady. You know what I mean? And then obviously you got to make your pantyhose last. So Damn. these are some specific rules, y'all. A lot of fucking rules. That's more than the Ten Commandments out there. Golly. Ten Commandments. And I'm thinking about life right now, man. I mean, the Playboy Mansion, if it would have came out around this time, you know, you know, nowadays, I mean, it'll probably be a pretty empty Playboy Bunny Ranch. Is there still a Playboy Mansion? No, like, I mean, the Playboy, like, are they still in the mansion? Like, I know, uh, I think the mansion, think so. the mansion still out here. I know I, we drove. Well, I, you can't see because it's like gated up, but it's out here in LA. Yeah, I feel like there's still, play, still, still Playboy Bunny though. Still getting after it, but I don't think they have like excessive rules now. Right, you know what I'm right, saying? Right, like, right. you know, they, you know, everybody got weave now, you know, everybody got extensions, you know what I'm saying? Long nails, probably face beat, like, you know. Some of those rules were like, like the, the hair rule was so broad. It's like, what exactly did you mean? Like, I don't even know. Like, you're not even giving me a, a specific window. Like, I can't have no braids. Probably ain't had no braids. No it's Daniel was a racist whatever. rule. Let's keep it a bean. That's it. Oh, was yeah, like absolutely. talking to it's, black it's people. Keeping, it's keeping who they want to keep out. Out. You know what I'm saying? I think they they definitely said it without saying it. Um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's wild, man. I, um, it's it's crazy to think about just because it's like you doing all this to do what you're doing though at right. the same time. You know right. what I'm saying? So it's they say you can't even eat. <laughs> you can't, can't even eat. eat. You can't eat. And I, I guess for them, it's like if the, the, the men who are in there trying to see entertainment, they don't want to see the woman over there eating and smoking. They basically want you to be like this fantasy your where you just person. look. Yeah, be your best self. Where you don't I use mean, the bathroom, you don't eat, you don't right. smoke, you don't drink. You just you just look good and smell good 24-7. That's like, I guess, man, to each his own, man. But that's, some of them rules are a little too strict. Some of them cool. Some of them a little too far. The thing is, you can you know for a fact. Those rules were created by men, though. You can just feel oh, yeah, the essence of how it was written. Like a woman didn't come up with those rules at all. A thousand percent, bro. This shit is this shit is wild. So we want to let hey, we want to know what y'all think, man. Of those few rules that we talked about with the Playboy Bunny Ranch, would you see yourself actually abiding by those rules and becoming a part of the Playboy Bunny Ranch? That's crazy, crazy, man. I will say this though: it's your house. So it's your rules. No rules. If you stay, it's kind of like a parent. You know, you be like, "Hey, you, you, you laying your head underneath my roof. You gonna buy by my, my rules. rules. So you take that trash out, wash them dishes. Do I don't want to do it? Well, get out of my house. Go find your own. Like it's the same. Like, so like we can argue about the rules or whatever, but we all got a crib, and there's certain rules that we have in our crib. Gotta take your shoes off when you walk in the door. Don't sit on that couch. That couch is for decor. Like there's certain things we all have that some people might be. Thinking like that's crazy. Like, why you gotta take my shoes over? Why I gotta do that? Why mm -hmm. it's my house? So that's what it is. So if I say, hey, 
you come in here, you got to have this on, you got to smell this way, you got to do X, you know, X, Y, Z, or you can't be here. At least, at least they transparent and upfront and say, this is what it is. They're not making you stay there. You're not being right. Exactly. That's the point. Like they're not making you, they, this is, this, this is my standard, right? In order for you to do what you're going to need to do, you know what I mean? Which is going to help me. I still need you to uphold a specific standard though. And abide by my rules. Yeah. Why you make me money as well? And you so. living for free? Like they're not paying. They living for free. for free, you know. And I, I think they make. I think they they make stay money too, doing calendars yeah, and all type of sure, stuff. Sure. So it's yeah, like they, gonna, they, free. They, they straight. They straight. So that is interesting, though, Bolo man. Want to let y'all? Yeah, we want to figure out what y'all what y'all think about that. But last one, obviously, this one is uh probably a bigger one. We heard it uh probably earlier this week. Um, a lot of just kind of news circulating around LeBron James and the I Promise. Um, mm -hmm. you know, elementary school. It says that um a lot of people have responded after uh it was revealed that eighth graders at LeBron James's I Promise school haven't passed a single math test in three years. So also to give you guys some more context uh, about it, I did a little bit more research on my end about Akron, Ohio, and, and kind of what goes into like some of the Ohio schools. So I think there were about 3,000 some odd schools in, um, you know, in that location. And LeBron happened to be like in that bottom 2% of, mm -hmm. uh, you know, specific schools when it comes to testing and things like that. So um, I guess I guess I want to I want to know what you guys think. Obviously, LeBron is this mogul. He's one of the best at what he does right now. But as we can see now, people are thinking that, you know, he's failing the kids. And obviously he's not the principal. You know, he's probably not really spending a lot of time in there. He's just, you know, giving his resources and time to it. But somehow it is falling on him um, and, and he's falling, you know, on the face of, you know, the, the, the school and the actual students not being right. able to perform when it comes to test time. So obviously, Dino, I want to open up to you, like kind of get your thought on what you think about that. And is it a him thing? Is is it a what do we need to do type of thing? Like what's like your overall thoughts and emotions about that? Yeah, man, it's tough. I, I think you do have to put some blame on him strictly mm. because when the school first got made, who was getting all the praise? Yeah. LeBron. Everybody was like, oh, my God, LeBron's amazing. He's creating a school for his, his neighborhood. He's helping out these, these kids who are in poverty in the community. He got all the praise, and deservedly so. He, it's a school. Like, I'm not hating on that at all. But just like a quarterback in the NFL, you get all the praise when things are going good. You get the blame when things are going bad. Now, like you alluded to earlier, Bolo, yeah, I get he's not a teacher. He's not a principal. Uh, he's not literally working with the faculty at the school, but you are the face of that school and you have to play some role uh, when it comes to making sure it's the, the, the right people are being hired, the right teachers are being hired, the right curriculum is being taught, the right every make sure make sure the system is properly put into place because your face is on it. You know, what I mean, more than anything, your face is on that. So anything that LeBron James is attached to, you want it to be excellent. You want it to be great. And obviously you want the kids, of course, to actually graduate and, and, and excel to the next level. That's the whole purpose of the school. So if they're not graduating, then you're, you know, they're being failed. The children, the kids are being failed. Whether you, whether you want to blame it on LeBron, you blame it on the faculty, the teacher, whoever you want to blame, the kids at the end of the day are the ones that are not excelling at the level that, we want them to. So you being the face of it, 
you have no choice but to be blamed. And it's crazy, but like, because when I saw this, I was really contemplating back and forth on what I would actually say and mm-hmm. what my take is. Because initially, I was kind of like you. I'm like, well, I, I don't know if I can blame LeBron because he's not at the school. He's not a teacher. He can't really control, you know, what type of kids are being, uh, you know, invited into the school, allowed into the school, how smart they are naturally. What like he can't control all of that. But again, I have to go back to my beginning statement. You can't give the guy all the praise for creating the school and providing that, but then not give him any of the blame when the school isn't excelling at the level or even near the level that it should be. Yeah, no, I, I agree a thousand percent. I think, um, you know, he he is providing resources to the school. Um, so I, I'm double-sided though. So hear me out, hear me out, family. Uh, I'm double-sided in the way that when we talk about, so what people don't know is the I Promise School is still a public school. You know what I'm saying? It, it's yeah. still getting money. The state is still providing funds to the school, which still makes it a, a public a public school, right? Right. Um, with that being said, also, um, LeBron is also targeting at-risk children. So we're talking about yeah. children that already have probably individual education plans, right? They they already are probably struggling in the classroom in certain situations. They already have bad, you know, at, at home things, right? Where they're probably not thinking about school or working on school or trying to do things school-like outside of the school, right? So it's just a, it's a natural public school. So, you know, when we think about schools and, and public schools in your, your city, wherever you are, typically, you know, one of the biggest things that people say is like they're underfunded. And it's hard for people to get the necessary resources in order to be successful. So in that form, I think, you know, we can't use that as an excuse because LeBron has all the resources in the world in the world to allow these kids to be successful in that fashion. But on the other hand, though, I I, I, I want to challenge, though, the people who say like it kind of falls on like LeBron in certain situations to to the point of like it's, it's still a public school, like a lot of public schools. You know, even if I even if I go give money to, you know, all the public schools in Chicago that are, you know, performing poorly, I think it'll still take some time for those kids to get to a certain point where they're performing the way they need to on the standardized test. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I and specifically, and I'm not creating excuses. And, and I I was talking to a few people about it yesterday. I get LeBron does have to take onus to the situation, and it does look bad because this is something that traditionally he's good at everything he does right so in, in this you know side of things he's not particularly performing you know at his best but i just think you know obviously with this there's a lot of un, you know uncontrollables you have at risk children you know you have probably lack of detail in the household like you can't just learn in the classroom you know what i'm saying i think it's only so much that lebron and his team and his faculty can do to continue to get these kids to learn inside the classroom you know, I, you can continue to pay these teachers to do it. But if, if we can't get these kids to buy into something and, and get the work, the work life, you know, um, side together, as far as the parents involved a little bit more, I think it'll always be a revolving door. And then my next point was like, you think about all these schools, right? You think about your high school, my high school, my high school has been open since the 1900s. You know what I'm saying? They, they got bones. Like my school has developed, you know, uh, a foundation and have developed something about themselves that makes them that school. I think the I Promise School has been around for six or seven years, right? So it, it has had a couple years underneath their belt. But I think for a school to really develop and, and, and to become what it is, you got to get to at least a decade or, you know, 
you know, 20, 25 years into the school for it to really have good bones, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, you know, like a consistent learning plan and, and just kind of continuing to just have the ways the kids come in and come out and they know what the standard is. And then now they'll get to the point where, okay, I'm going to, I promise school. And this is what I've seen, you know, happen while, while actually being at, I promise, you know what I'm saying? Right. Because in my, in my opinion, bro, what makes me mad is because if LeBron, told people they had to test to get in there or only specific kids can get in the school, then they'll hate him for actually being able to, Hey, you, you just don't want black kids to go to your school because you know what I mean? You got to take tests to get in there or you got to be a specific, you have a specific grade point average to get into school. So I think it's a little, little situation regardless, but I think, you know, even though these kids are failing standardized tests, which is bad y'all, I understand that he's still doing more good than bad because he's putting these kids in a better situation. And once they, once it does click, I think they'll have, you know, a lot to look forward to, you know, because it comes with a lot of perks, you know, when being a part of the I Promise School. So that's a good point, man. Now you made a lot of good points there. And yeah, I I think, you know, if if you if you're someone out there who says, you know what, I can't blame LeBron for this at all or or partially, I get that. If you're someone who says nine, you know, you're the owner of this, you the face of this, you deserve some blame as well. Like I, I see both sides, man, as well. Because like again, if you're if you're the owner of, of an entity, you're just responsible for it. It's, it's what it is. Like any CEO, any business, if I'm my clothing brand, you know, if we hire some employees and one of my mm -hmm. employees uh, has bad customer service, you could say, well, it had nothing to do with Darnell or FA. Like they didn't actually go out there and give poor customer service. Yeah, you're right. But I hired the person who did it. So it always will fall right. back on the leader of it. So like, your, your your best point I think you made though is that fact that it is super early. Um, you know, is they haven't even been around for 10 years yet. I would love to see like no Warren way. Central or your high school the first 10 years and just see what the graduation rate and just see all the numbers and see how they looked. I'm sure that you know it had to be some growth at some point as they were developing and fi figuring things out. Anything new typically takes time. Anything takes new time. relationships, it's, it's, businesses, so. Yeah, and it's and it's a school. Like when you think about a school, bro, it's just so many different personalities, to so many different learning styles, there's so many different type of teachers, it's it's so many different type of teaching styles, so many different type of curriculums. Like you know, and it obviously lately, you know, with with school, we I mean we we dealing with a with a whole different generation of kids right now. You know what I'm saying? And in the way of teaching and in the, the way of allowing them to be receptive to what we saying, you know, takes some creative thinking to get them to that point. Like it's not the same, you know, people are our age. It's not the same way of teaching. It's different now, y'all. Like even when I coach in high school, you know, how I used to get coached on the football field is not how I coach kids on the football field to this day. Like if I right. took that same approach, right, kids will either, you know, put up a wall, shut me out. You know what I'm saying? constant feedback or we'll be out here playing with, with no kids. You know what I'm saying? So it's a point where we got to work to adapt and, and conform to, to be able to meet these kids halfway to get them to buy in. So I think that's just something that they working on and they continuing to build upon, but I just hate how the world is always set up to just jump on somebody's back because this man, at the end of the day, everybody talking has not built a school. Everybody talking is not giving people, you know, uh, scholarships, right, to Akron or Kent State. You know what I mean? So this man is actually helping his community, and he's doing the things that we all want to do at some point to be able to provide and give back. And, you know, he's going to have, you know, his shortcomings, but, you know, we just got to continue to just fall in the, in the habit of supporting people even when they don't do the best. Um, you know what I'm saying? I think that's what gives other people 
enough strength to continue to try to do what they need to do because we look at other people and be like you know that's probably another athlete out here right now y'all that's thinking like damn i want to build me a school but then they were seeing how people jumped on lebron they're like you know what forget it mm. you know so now we ruining opportunities because we so quick to jump on each other's back when something doesn't really work work out the way we think it should work out or we don't we're not in the room we don't understand the thought process and the strategies that go behind it so mm, I mean, you're kind of saying the same thing about that I said to when it came to boxing and Errol Spence. Like it's the same type true. of concept, it's but it's in a different different category. It's a fact. Let me be devil's advocate real quick though. Like, is is criticism bad though? Like, like do you think? Because like everything can't always just be you know peaches and cream. Like I yeah. think like there has to be some cases where it's like someone messed up or someone's doing a poor job. Like, and it's got to be okay to say that. And I, I'm not even, I'm not even speaking on LeBron situation just specifically yeah. i'm just speaking more in a general general situation because like what you're saying makes perfect sense it's like we we especially as black people we should uplift each other we should like we boost each other it, up man. we should but when wrong is wrong too though and when people it mess is. up it they is. mess it up is. and I, I do think there has to be some room to criticize people when they do mess up now there's a way to do it i'm not saying destroy yeah. them and say they're just the worst person in the <laughs> world but if somebody messed up, I think we got to be real and say, hey, I know they they black. They are brothers, our sister. But nah, that was messed up or they did a poor job. They got to they got to correct that. We got to like there has to be a line, though, where we can't just say everything's OK just because we want to make sure we're not, you know, ruining the next person. We're not doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, a thousand percent. I agree with you 100 percent, bro. But I put it in this in this in this form, or, you know, think about people who got siblings, right? Let's just think about if you out there, you got siblings, y'all put yourself in this position, right? We all got in trouble by mom or dad at some point, right? They already reprimanded you. They already disciplined you. They already gave you a whooping, cursed your idea, whatever, right? The last thing you want to hear is your brother or your sister coming trying to give you extra feedback on some shit that you didn't already been reprimanded for. I think there, there's all there's always a sense of, you know, people accepting constructive criticism. But like one thing that you mentioned though, especially in our in our culture, we want to destroy you though. Like not only are right. we going to give you criticism and feedback, but we're going to try to destroy you. Cancel. So like once, <laughs> yeah, you know, so once we get whatever we need, you know, I guarantee you LeBron and them probably had already knew this was the case. You know what I'm saying? Probably heard from the state like, hey, this is, you guys are underperforming. This is what we need to do, blah, 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 blah. Like they got people in place for that, right? But then now it hits the social media. And then now you look at the comments and you see people posting about it. And then now it comes to a form of like LeBron don't give a fuck about these kids. Like he just blah, blah, blah. Like this is his fault. You know what I'm saying? So then it just becomes he's a monster now because these kids happen to be failing standardized tests. So I think everybody needs to, you know, have a wake up call here and there. You know, I think that's good for you. But when you beating it, you beating the man when he already down. No, that's when it becomes like, OK, y'all, like we doing too much. Like what we doing? Like. It's that it, it's that fine line. It's, it's definitely that fine line. Uh, you know, but the reason, yeah, why I, I wanted to even bring it up in the first place, I just feel like, um, like I hear conversations. And we might talk about this before on the porch a while back, where like black people feel like we shouldn't criticize each other publicly. We should do it like privately because we feel like you know we already playing catch up in I so many different bad. ways, and we and and, and, and and we gotta just and like I I hear that, like I understand that concept. I get it. But now I feel like when you when you're doing that, you're you're no longer being like like real. You're no longer being your, your yourself. It's like you criticize every other like race and, and and skin tone or whatever. 
But when it comes to your people, because of our history, and I, trust me, obviously I get it, but I got to keep it real, though. With any mm-hmm. situation, any topic, black, green, blue, orange, red, white, wrong is wrong, right is right, and we got freedom of speech, and I'm going to give my opinion, and my opinion might be wrong to you, but that's why it's my opinion. And I just think that, like, sometimes, sometimes we put, like, race into certain stuff and, you know, ethnicity and certain stuff that it don't need to even be involved in. And I'm like, we like, it's okay to, it's okay to criticize. It's okay to call stuff out. It's okay to, it's okay to, you know, do both sides to, to support. It's okay to like whatever side you on. I think we like, we live in America. It should be okay to do either side. But to your point, there is a line. And there's yeah. a line on both sides. Like, don't be so overly supportive or you're acting like this person is like God and you're praising this person mm-hmm. and they can't do no wrong. And on the flip side, don't destroy this person and act like they're they're evil. They're the worst person in the world because they made a mistake, especially when you ain't even attempted to do what they're trying to do. You know what I mean? I'm right. a big believer in, in, in what, what was your intention? You know what I'm saying? Like, why did you do this? What was your purpose? If your purpose and intention was pure and it was, it was for good cause, I nine times out of ten, I can forgive you for the most part. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So like, even if it's, it, it is a mistake, because like you said, we all made mistakes. Like we ain't starting no school up. I don't know what the process is. I don't know what it is. And if I had the money and I did it, I'm sure I, I would have some mistakes too down the road. You got to learn from it, build from it, and go. And like you said, twenty years from now, we might be looking back, and this might be one of the best schools in America. Like who knows? Right. You know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, man. And, and I just think too, like, you know, even, even taking race out of it, like nobody wants to be embarrassed, you know? And I think one mm. of the humblest things to go through is, you know, public criticism, you know what I'm yes. saying? To, to be able to sit in front of people and maybe acknowledge the things you did wrong, or maybe, or maybe just sit there and just hear all the things you're doing wrong. You know, I think it takes a lot, a lot for somebody to actually take that. So, you know, I think when people get to that point, you know, I think you are like a, a different human being. You know what I'm saying? You got a different type of skin that you're dealing with where, you know, all of the shit that people are throwing at you is just kind of deflecting and bouncing off. Um, and I think a lot of people still got to work on, you know, taking, you know, public criticism and being criticized, you know, because people people hate to feel bad, um, and, you know, talk about things that they need to work on and stuff like that. I think that's a true sign of growth. I think even with myself personally, I think I'm open to, to constructive criticism, but then also in the back of my mind though, there's still things that I am creating like excuses for behind. You know what I'm saying? Me too. Yeah. Like, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to tell you that like the reason why I did this was because of that. I'm going to just have the respect to receive your information. But in my head, I'm justifying why this mm. might make sense. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I think we even got to get past that piece, too. But I just think the way the world has 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 been created, the way social media and the way people can have a voice without actually being seen mm. makes the criticism that much worse now. Um, so you, know, you got keyboard warriors, man, people who got all warriors, this courage man. behind a laptop, they phone. They got a fake they picture up. That's not them or even just a blank picture and they know you you have no way to actually see who they are get to them so they just go out here disrespect you say all types of stuff just to get under your skin just to get some type of type of attention because of their own insecurities and 
yeah, man, I think you hit the nail right in the head, man. Like, I, I think it's okay to have criticism and to receive it. But one more note I would say is I think the person giving you the criticism has to be valid, too. You can't mm-hmm. just be – everybody can't criticize, you know? Don't criticize me if you ain't never did what I'm doing. If you ain't never been on live TV, you ain't never experienced what it's like to be on the football field, having being a D lineman, getting double teamed. Don't criticize me when you ain't never felt that type of pressure. You yeah. know what I mean? If you're gonna criticize me, be somebody with some experience. I love when somebody who's been there and done that criticize me. You know, maybe in the moment you feel a little uncomfortable because everybody feel a little uncomfortable when someone's telling you you could do something better. You know, even as a player, coach telling yeah. you, hey, Darnell, your technique was a little off here. You got to put that right hand on this shoulder plate, put the left hand on the hip, and you got to drive through like you didn't do that right here. You know, yes, coach. You, you, might, you might say yes, coach, but internally you're like, damn, man, I, I messed up. Like, you know, I, I mm-hmm. let my coach down. But if you respect that person, he's like, you know what? I'm going to listen to what he said. I'm going to work at it. I'm going to get better at it. But if you got Joe Blow you know what I mean? Who's in the basement of his mama's house eating pizza rolls and ranch. And he's telling you, you <laughs> suck at, at podcasts and the porch is shitty. And this is it's like, who are you? Like, who are you? To, what are you doing with your life? You know what I'm saying? But I got to go back to remember, man, they, they, they put Jesus on the cross. They judge Jesus. Thank so, you know, they're going to judge you. They're going to judge me. And that's what I always kind of go back to and just I try to stay even keel. It's hard to do with social media because you see so much. The bigger you get, the, the more criticism you're going to receive. And it's hard to avoid that in today's uh, age, today's era. But I just try to remember that, man, these people's opinion of me don't really matter. You know what I'm saying? I'm still going to be Darnell. You're still going to be Bolo. Still going to be a father, a husband, a son, or this or that. And people are going to criticize you. And you can't control that. Only thing you can control is how you react to it and how you let, let, allow it to affect you. So, Facts. Facts. That's where I'm at, Bolo, man. Let me hit you with a question. I'm about to change change, change the game up. Change the vibe. Just do it. Check this out. So. Do you think the weight of the world has been lifted off the man's shoulders? If that is the case, do you think that makes a man less viable? That's a hell of a question. We didn't even prep for that right there, boy. Do I feel like the weight has been lifted off a man's shoulder? <sighs> right now, man, it is, it is a woman's world right now, man. Like women, we talk about all the time. They're out here running things, making more money than men, uh, making decisions, leaders of the household. Um, That's a good question. I I feel like traditional men, like I would say you and I are, for the most part, we're not 100%, you know, we we believe in what we believe in, but relatively traditional in terms of like our household and how, how we operate. I feel like the pressure is still on us. But I think society has kind of made it okay for like things to be untraditional and to allow, like it's okay for the man to not be the head of the house. So it's okay for the man to not, you know, leave. It's okay for the man to not be out here hustling and bringing the money in. And it's almost like the roles have reversed in a lot of scenarios where the women are the ones kind of acting like the men and making decisions and making them, you know, making the real money and they're out hustling the men. So, I think it's a case by case situation. I don't think it's just like all in, you know, inclusive. Like, yes, like I can't just say yes. I think yeah. in certain situations, you see it more uh than you've probably ever seen it before. But I still think there's a handful of the more traditional men who are still out here grinding, trying to figure out life, trying to figure out how to get from point A to point B, taking care of their kids, taking care of their mm-hmm. wife, trying to make you know what I'm saying? So hell of a question, but I I I just think you still see a little bit of both. Yeah, no. 
I'm a thousand percent with you. Um, here, here's why I think that I think traditionally the world is still on the weight of a, of a man's shoulders. Um, I, I think the weight is still on a man's shoulders just because the standard has always been for a man to provide or for a man to have a sense of security or to be there in some capacity, not just from a monetary value standpoint, but just from uh, just being there in the presence and and things like that. Like a father being in a household is like looked at as a something that like, <clears throat> like that's, that's beautiful. Like the house is intact when the father's there, you know? So I think that's important, but I also think the way the world has transitioned now, you know, shout out to the women because they are out there making it happen on the finance side. And, yep. you know, obviously you got single moms. So, you know, they say that they're playing, you know, the mom and dad and they're raising, you know, you know, a household by themselves and they're, they're making it look pretty good and they're successful. Right. So but with that comes the normalcy of the world saying that then you don't need a man. So now it becomes harder for a man. So now the weight of a, the, the world is now heavier on a man's back. Because mm. not only is some responsibility stripped away from them, but then also if they're not doing those responsibilities, then they're looked at differently and beat down upon. Right. That's a good ass point. That's a good you know what I'm point. saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. So like for, for me, bro, it's like, okay, here's maybe here's the standard of what a man should do, right? So let's just say there's a couple things within that category that I'm missing, right? If I If I maybe don't do that or may not pick up the pieces and maybe the woman picks up the pieces in our world. Now men will still get criticized for having a woman pick up maybe a couple of those pieces. Mm. So now I'm probably overly trying to pick up some of those pieces and put them on my, put them on my plate just because this is what ideally the standard should look like. Right. right. So it's one of those things where like the weight has been lifted for a second, but now it's more weight on it because we're trying to fight battles of perception and in, in what we think we should be able to do in certain situations because the woman has taken some off. But then we also get criticized by women though for not being able to pick up some of those pieces though. Right. It's you know like a catch saying? 22. It's like you don't it's know like what to do. Down yeah. if you do, down if you don't. You know, and what I'm the saying? weight is heavy now. Now it's heavy. It's sitting, it's sitting on people, it's sitting on men's mind, it's sitting on men's heart when they go to sleep on who they are, what they should be, how they should be moving, what they should be doing. You know what I'm saying? So, and I think that's because, man, we let's dive into it, but I think it, we put so much value into money. Let's be real with it. Like, that's the main thing. Women are now making more money than men in a lot of situations or they're making just as much. So because of that, women feel like the need of men has lessened compared yes. to back in the days, women just literally had to, be with a man because you know, unfortunately, women didn't have a lot of the same opportunities in careers, and they it was looked down upon to go out there and work. They wanted you to stay home, barefoot, pregnant, cook, clean, take care of the home, and, and just be there. So, like again, they literally had to be with a man, no matter what the man did, because they need that household and that money to, to take care of everything. Obviously, we've improved, thank God we've had. And like you said, it's kind of weird because, like, on one end, like my woman's working, making good money so that's, that's helping our household you know be a little easier take some weight off my plate but at the same time as a man you feel insecure that your women is making just as much you making or making more and you're getting criticized from the public eye because you see women out here in these interviews and, and just saying like oh my right. 
my man don't make X amount, then then he ain't my man, or right. or I'm gonna go be, I'm gonna go cheat on him and do this and that, or my I, I can only be with a man if he make you know more than me, and you start seeing all these things from women, and you start feeling as a man like damn. So let me go out here and get another job, then let me go out here because yeah, I mean, you start to hear all the noise, and you like damn man, like am I not being like the real leader right now? Can I be the head of household if I'm making less than my wife? We talked about that before in the past. You know what I'm saying? And then you you, you try to overcompensate by doing other stuff, you know, like other quote-unquote manly stuff just to try to, like, fill in, fill in the blanks Even and just show that you here. are. And then it's like, man, it just, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's like, you, you hit it perfectly. It's like, in one way, it's taking weight off your plate. But then because of just the way society views you and judge you as a man, at the same time, it's almost putting more on you. You know what I'm saying? So that's... Uh, that's tough, man. That's tough. I saw something from I think Lotto was getting interviewed or something, and she was like, "Men want a traditional woman, but the men ain't traditional." Like you know, basically saying like men ain't out here again making 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 the money, bringing home the bacon. They're not out here fixing tires and building houses and like doing all the old school, real like Bob the Builder type type men stuff. So you know, they saying like these men nowadays can't expect a a woman to be traditional, cook, clean, be at home, do the, all this and that. When you men ain't even traditional, you know what I'm saying? I was like, huh, that's an interesting point from a woman's perspective. I hear what you're saying. Um, but, man, I don't know. It's just tough. Like, I, I don't have all the – even as a married man, I don't have all the answers. I, right. I'm learning as I go and figuring stuff out because it's like I don't know what the answer is. Yeah, I ain't going to lie. I want my wife to 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 cook. I like that. I like when yeah. my wife – we both can clean for sure together, but, shit, I'd I be happy when I come home the house clean. You clean better than me. I'm gonna be real with you. Like you detail you know, with it. You're gonna get the baseboards and shit. I'm gonna be different. Exactly. I'm gonna be real. I like that. You know what I'm saying? And just like a woman, they like when you, you know, as a man, you making good money and you taking them on trips and buying them clothes and new things. Like we both got our little things that we both like, but it's like we scared to say it because we don't because you know society is just so weird now, bro. Like you don't know what to say, what to do, what's what's right, what's looked down upon. It's just like, man, I don't know. Yes, yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, you know, it's, uh, you know, like I, it goes back to like men are very prideful, you know, and we don't want to be beat out, you know, by another, by just called a spade a spade by another man, let alone a woman. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like, you know, with most men, it, it for them, it, it does kind of eat at them a little bit that, you know, they have maybe somebody, you know, as far as the opposite sex doing better at you know, than them, you know, on the finance side, it just kind of eats away at their, their pride and who they are. And it kind of takes away, you feel like you less of a man in mm. certain situations. That's just, that's just being completely honest. Real. Uh, people feel, you know, less than, especially men, because like I said, we we're prideful. We're the, the king of the jungle. Right. So that's just like you being a lion, you know, and somebody comes in and, you know, they, they kind of roaming and, and taking over, you know, your land. You know, right. even though you're you're the lion, everybody knows that you're the lion. There's somebody else, though, you know, Roman, that's doing a lot of other stuff that uh, is contributing to, you know, your uh, your pride in your village. So even though it's even though everybody eating everything good, you know, what I'm saying this new person who's in the this new animal that's in the jungle feeding everybody, feeding the cubs and everything. As a man, you still going to feel a certain type of way. In those situations, even if life is perfect, and I think that's just who we are. I want to so, be. I want to be at the top. I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm just a man. Like I, I, I'm competitive. I, I want to be the top lion. I don't want to be, 
just one of the lions that you see you know? around. I want to be the one at the top looking around like, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? You don't want your woman to see like another lion and subconsciously feel like, damn, like this lion providing more than my lion. Like this lion, could, you right. know what I mean? Like you want to, you want to, yeah, you want to feel like I'm that lion. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like Exactly. Uh-huh. So. Man, but I love you bringing them topics, man. We don't see, we don't always plan for all these topics. We never know, you know what I mean, uh, uh, some of these topics that, that, that's going to come to the show. So that was a good one, for sure. Yeah, bro, for sure, man. I just think it's it's important for us to, you know, talk the truths, man, and, and, and let people understand, you know, how we come in um, in certain situations because the world is changing. And like like everything, like we can, we continue to, we can, we can continue to be like the hard asses and say like, you know, this is what it is. Yeah. But in all honesty, this is what it is. Like, this is what life is bringing us right now. And it's it's important for us to be the best people that we can be in all facets, bro. And, you know, move accordingly. Nah, for sure, man. For sure. Uh, nah, I love it. Man, I got two more things I, I wanted to briefly touch on, you know, before we jump off. We can be quick on here, too. Uh, real quick, Bola, did you see the Clemson linebacker, TJ Dudley, uh, supposedly, supposedly, allegedly, was dismissed for selling pictures of unsuspecting teammates in the locker room via OnlyFans. That's weird. That's weird. That's just weird to me, bro. That's just, it just, it just kind of got me just curious now to figure out what type of pictures was it? Because obviously if you're a college athlete, you know what I know, you know, being in a college locker room, like, you know, it's, it's a locker room, y'all. It's like, it's guys, you know what I'm saying? We, we, everybody comfortable in there. You know what I'm saying? Motherfuckers coming out the shower. Motherfuckers taking their pads off, sweaty, everything. So you know, motherfuckers just walking around without their towels, with towels on. Everything's and, every, everything. You know, everything just we, everything. yeah. You, you know, it's a locker room. People trying to get in, get out. You know, people conversating. It's it's you know, it's just like a a gym, like when you in the locker room. So for him to be taking pictures, I'm just kind of curious on like what type of pictures was he taking, because that'll kind of give me more insight to like who this brother really is and what he really on. Like, I hope Man. he wasn't taking pictures of people's Johnson and shit and throwing it on OnlyFans. You know what I'm saying? Then that'll be like, bro, you you want some whole other shit. First off, that's that's hella suspect to be taking pictures of people pause. in that capacity. Big pause on that one. Secondly, bro, you taking pictures of these, of these folks and you ain't even told them that they're going to be online being seen by, you know, thousands and thousands or even millions of people. Bro. I don't like. I don't care what type of picture. Well, obviously, it's worse if it if it's some like pictures of they Johnson or coming out the shower in the shower and he sneaking around the corner trying to get something, get the quarterback while he mm-hmm. coming around the corner. Like that can be some whole weird shit. But even if they fully got they got pads on and clothes on or whatever, it's still weird, Let bro. Me like off my off me making money off me and like you just in the locker room just sneaking pictures with like you supposed to be your like brother. Supposed to be yeah. a sacred spot. Like you supposed to be able to trust each other in that spot. We men, we in here just got done practicing, just got done lifting weights. What even came to your mind? He'd be like, you know what? I'm gonna take some pictures of, uh, of my teammates and sell them on here. Like, what do you like? What? Like, you take pictures with a shirt? Like, I don't know, bro. Suppose he transferred, he got picked up. He's on Ole Miss now, so I guess congrats. I guess, you know, I, I I don't want the kids, you know, future being just completely ruined. But if I'm on Ole Miss now. No, I'm, I'm like, I'm hey, hey. of my eye, like, bro, you can't bring your phone in here, bro. Like, bro, I'm checking, bro. Soon, day one. Hey, bro, out, what bro. you want, bro? Take one picture of me, bro. You, you getting beat up today? Yeah. Like, I'm down there breaking his phone, bro. Like, what you? Like, just some. That's just a sacred spot. I saw that. You know, any former athlete, current athlete, 
you gonna see that and just and just hit them with the with the what with the with the confused face because right. I've never seen nothing like that or heard of anything like that in my life. These kids nowadays, Bolo, you see it more than me because you still coaching at you know the high school. These kids is crazy as hell. I'm sorry, I'm gonna say it. You might be able to say I can say it. These kids crazy as hell. <laughs> bro, they they crazy, bro. They wild, bro. Like it's one of those things too. Like you know, even when it come to like, bro, like road rage now, bro. Like the shit is so so wild. Everybody speeding. Pick- yeah, bro, you got to pick your battles, y'all. I'm telling you, you got to pick your battles. Like, I understand you the toughest, or I understand that, you know, ain't nobody going to be talking shit to you, but you got to pick your battles, man, because some of these kids, man, they wire differently, man, and they do not care. So you got a lot to lose, you know, rather than, you know, some some little kid who already know what's, what's in store for them and what they got planned. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can teach a kid all they want to, but if they mind made up, they mind made up. So... Mm. He preaching right now. He preaching, man. So now I had, I had to throw that out there, bro. I know we I knew we gonna have the same reaction. Yeah, man. You can't you um, can't be in the locker room with nobody like that, though. Like man, y'all take a picture of me, shit. bro. You you Fuck you get you get Terrence you Crawford for that, bro. You get Terrence Crawford nah, for real, that, bro. Like you lost the trust. And even if they would have let him back, though. I mean, once you like the thing about it, what people don't understand too, before you move forward, like not only do you have to be a good guy on the field, but you got to be a locker room guy. Like you're going to hear a lot of people in all these type of sports from high school all the way to the professional level. The way you are in the locker room plays a big part of who you are on that team. You know yep. what I'm saying? And you go in that locker room and you cause confusion and, you know, the animosity's there and you don't, you're not really building camaraderie, you know, with the team there, that shit bleeds onto the field, bro. So once you, gotten to the point where you're doing that and you broke the trust with your brothers in the locker room, bro, you can never step foot back into that locker room. That's why everybody can't go in the locker room. Like, what's in the locker room, stay in the locker room. Yeah, bro. Yeah, he he has, he has some different energy. Uh, it's a brother, too. Like, Conversations, I, too. I, you know, that, that's just some weird shit, bro. I wouldn't expect yeah, that from you to do that, bro. I didn't want to fight little bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he has some different energy. He making a football player look bad, but... Anyway, man, another kind of crazy story. I, I want to, you know, maybe we can end with this. Uh, we were just talking about relationships and, you know, dating a little bit. I know you saw this guy. I'm going to call him Mr. Fish. Uh, it was trending online, man. And I, I don't know if it's real, if it's fake. It was some TV show, I think, that was on, like, TLC Network or whatever it mm-hmm. was. This brother says that he's been addicted to tuna. Since he was a young child, like he eats tuna every single day. And it was literally a clip. He was on a date with a woman. He was telling the woman straight up what it was that, you know, he's like, hey, like, you know, this is something that, I, you know, I, I have to admit to you. You know, I don't want you. You might. I don't want you to judge me, but I'm addicted to tuna. The man pulled that out a can of tuna out his damn back pocket and started eating. And she told him to please stop, you know, like. This really for the ladies, though, man. Like, I want to hear from the ladies in the comments or you know, here watching it on YouTube. Could you date a man who's addicted to, to tuna? Like, that's that's for the ladies. And then for me and you, for our discussion, Bolo, what type of weird shit is this, bro? Like, addicted to tuna? Like, of all things in the world, like, you want to be addicted to tuna. Like, just to give y'all some, uh, like, insight on me. Like, I don't eat tuna, y'all. Like, I, I never liked tuna. Like, when I was younger, my mom used to make tuna all the time. But then also too used to give some tuna to cat to my to our cat that we had. So I used to always associate tuna with like cat food. So I never uh-huh. re- really liked it. And then for me too, it has a a, a a different stench to it. Like it smells real funny. Um, and I just didn't like how you had to pop up the open the can and stuff like that. So I never really liked tuna. Never like I can't even smell it, y'all. So I mean, the brother said he was he been struggling with dating for about 15 years because he popping out this fucking can of tuna, bro. Like you're gonna be 
you know, Pornhub and OnlyFans all your life, brother, because ain't nobody trying to sit here and smell that bullshit all day, bro. Especially, but for me, bro, like, if you're addicted to it, that's cool. Like, but it's a time and place for everything, though. Like, you don't be having to pull that shit out, you know what I'm saying, when you at dinner. Nigga, you about to eat right now. What you... Nigga, I'd rather for you to just order some tuna from the from the restaurant on right. your plate. Make it natural. Pull it out your pocket. That shit kind of dirty to me. You know what I'm saying? So even that piece, not even a tuna, you just pulling food out your pocket and eating it in anywhere. It's just kind of <laughs> And bro, you- he eating straight tuna out the can. He not eating like like a tuna. Like I've had like a sandwich. tuna like sandwich, eat lettuce, yeah. pickles, tomatoes. Like, all right, you kind of doctor it up, you know, toasted bread. You make it down there cool. He eating it straight out the can like he is a cat. Like Bro, on some nasty shit, you know what I mean? And I saw people in the comments, ladies in the comments, like, man, if he eating tuna like that, you know, not only do his breath stink, you gotta worry about his entire hygiene. What else is stinking? Because that shit coming out your pores. You eating that shit? That shit coming out your pores, nigga. Everything smell like fish, bro. Everything. Everything. Ooh. He gonna be single for a long time. But you know what, man? Hey, it's somebody. It's it's somebody for somebody. somebody gonna put like, up everybody got. He probably gonna meet another chick who got the they same. They got the fish, fish too. She got yep. the fish, fish. Yeah, fish, fish downstairs. Mister Fish and Mrs. Fish. They are gonna be fishing yep. together. Yeah, eating tuna, stinky breath ass motherfucker, and they kids gonna come out <laughs> and be a fish. She gonna have a baby. Gonna be no, a fish. Be old fish. Goddamn fins, eating all that goddamn tuna. She gonna birth Nemo. <laughs> <laughs> thinking like a mug bro so yeah i don't know it's been like you said it's been some crazy stuff going on uh this last really week last two weeks just in life in general it's so much more that we could have brought into the show as well it's just that man I, i'm gonna just stay in the career i think bolo you know I, I went to vegas this weekend but i think that's gonna be my last little little trip for a while bro yeah bro it's it's, it's at this age now man it's like you know it's good to have a good time, you know, but it's also, you know, a good time to just, you know, stay out the way sometimes. Sometimes you got to stay out the way, y'all. Typically, that's the that's the best way. Stay out the way. The Ooh. best way. Stay out the way. Oh, you saying bars like that? Bars. Because I feel like you can still go out and stay out the way. You know what I'm saying? I feel like people don't know how to differentiate, like, the two. Like, I can go out and kick it and do my thing, but I ain't got to be out there kicking it, if that makes sense. Like, I can be in the streets without being in the streets. Mm, do y'all you know, feel what I'm putting down right now? You kind of got like your own little situation. You yeah. out, but it's like I'm up Facts, top nigga. in the suite, my nigga. You got your own little situation, like your whole little you dig, like. But I'm out. I'm outside, y'all. Like I feel like our world and our culture has already labeled outside being outside, right? But you can be outside and not really be outside. outside. You feel what I'm saying? Like you're near outside, but you're really inside because you controlling your whole situation right now. You controlling like, your whole narrative. I can go pull up at the club, woo woo woo, get my section, do my thing in my section in my little area with my own people, control my little environment. Even though I'm in the club, I'm outside. Yeah, like you mentioned, I'm kind of inside my own little area. Boo boo boo, go home, hit the crib, boom, we good. I went outside, we kicked it, we cool, boom, but. Then you all, you know, you trying to do too much. Want to go to the after party or want to post right. up in the in outside and shit and, and park a lot pimp and everything. Then that's when you outside, outside. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, let's get in. So you more of an outside, inside. These dudes out here really outside, outside, inside. You know what I mean? We're going to boom, boom, boom. You know what I'm saying? We're going to kick it, do what we do. Boom, right. then we... You know what I mean? We we gotta we gotta modulate. We gotta move around. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Man. Yeah, that's, man. You know, that's, that's if you want to do it at the party, I'm gonna do it at my own crib or yeah, I'm gonna rent out a spot yeah. again. Control your setting. 
Control. I think it's what it is. Control. Control. And shout out to my, you know, Coach JB. He talks about that all the time. Like when he go to Vegas, like he, he goes with like high rollers where they got their own little penthouse suite and like they're not really out with the common folks walking around because no. when you get to a certain level, you kind of, you really can't be in the mix like that. It's too many uncontrollable factors. You got to control what you can control and you got to control your scenario, man. So when you go outside, that's cool, but don't be outside, outside. That's a bar right there, but I like that. Controlling your scenario controls the narrative which controls your character from being viewed that differently on the outside. Oh my God. This man, is he coaching right now on the porch? Shit is crazy. It's Coach Jones right now. This ain't even Bolo. We got Coach Jones on the porch right now, man. He just got hey, done coaching. He's coaching again right now. I ain't nothing but wisdom, y'all. I'm just trying to let y'all know, man. Just stay out the way. But then y'all can y'all can still be outside and stay out the way. That's it. I love that, man. I love that, man. That's the porch right there, man. You gonna come here? You gonna get jammed? You gonna hear real discussion, real conversations, Easy. disagreement sometimes, arguments sometimes, and uh, man, it's another good one, Bolo. Another, another good episode, books, baby. Hey, cooking up, huh? That boy, <laughs> D hey, hey, that boy, Dinell, been in the kitchen, y'all. Some, some special cooking up. So, y'all just gotta keep listening, keep following, stay loyal, because hey. It's a gift coming to y'all. I think y'all are really going to be in for a treat. So Big time episode coming up, y'all. Big time guest, legend mm. coming up on the porch. Mm. I'm talking like legend mm. coming up on the porch. Arguably our mm. biggest guest we've ever had in porch history. I think so. So y'all just got to stay tuned because like we're going to give you more when, when the time comes. But right now, you don't know when it's going to come, where it's going to come, who's going to come from. You know what's coming, like Coach Dion yeah. said. So just be prepared. Tune in. Subscribe. Hit the like button. Comment below, uh, you know, and, and just keep on, you know, being loyal fans of the porch because we got a special treat coming for you and you do not want to miss it. Hey, and like we always say, man, hey, to be outside is to be outside. Control your controllables, baby, and just make sure every day you wake up, just make sure that the best you is the best you and we out peace started peace. on the porch that was where it all began had to put in work every day we got it in we chased all our dreams and now they can't believe it we make it look easy we achieving everything we needed now we undefeated if we link no it's only business if we get to speak and leave them speechless i did things for free but now it costs to see me when you see me you ain't gotta greet me just don't plot to sneak me i'ma see it i'ma stop and watch you lose and get defeated what do we bleed came from the jungle we humble but hungry and hunting defeat people don't want us to leave they love us and rush to the bus when we run in the streets thinking we stunning the sea we came from nothing to something now up in the lead now we ain't coming in peace hunting for blood and to crush everyone in the league we got a reason we put in work every day of the week every month every season so many schemes had to go off for the team we gave our all and succeeded came from the deep and warming up pots cooking ramen at times that was all we was eating now we be feasting five star restaurants every week whole teams ripped in cloth and it seems they looking hard when we step on the scene call us outcast we so fresh and so clean hand about cash please don't ask for a meeting just hit the stoop out the spaz on the beat now nah, it ain't rude if you ask for the feet just play it cool when i tax you the fee we need a pool in the back with a cord and a board to go jump off and splash for the heat Live for the day, cause the past can't determine the future or where you gon' actually be. Keep staying presence, our presence a blessing. It's all that we have and we actually need. I'm taking action with passion, detaching the ones who keep acting attached to leech. I am no pastor, but actually preaching. Look up these letters and actually read. That was where it all began. Had to put in work every day. We got it in. We chased all our dreams and now they can't believe it. We make it look easy. We achieving everything we need. Now we undefeated. If we link, no, it's only business.
options I did things for free but now it costs to see me When you see me, you ain't gotta greet me Just don't block the sneak me, I'ma see it I'ma stop and watch you lose and get defeated Presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.